Well, a very warm hello to you. Ashley and I are so sad not to be with you, but we are grateful for technology that enables us to participate in some way. As you know, the theme of our three days together is generation to generation. And it's a theme that we felt God bring to us as a global team during a time of prayer last year in France. About halfway through uh, the time of prayer, someone uh, rather out the blue read um, Psalm 71 verse 17 about declaring the might of God to the next generation. And it was a showstopper. The theme arrested us and that's all we felt we could pray about for the uh, next uh, 10 or 20 minutes or so. We had a whole flurry of rather desperate prayers actually for the next generation. Psalm 71 17 is itself a desperate prayer. Lord you have taught me from my youth. I'm now old and grey. Do not forsake me O God until until what? When would the psalmist be ready to give up his spirit and call it quits? Only once he had proclaimed the might of God to the next generation. For the psalmist, raising up the next generation wasn't just an add-on or a nice-to-have. It was mission critical. It was central to his raison d'etre. And we had, a, we had a passionate prayer time. We uh, reflected back on the original dominion mandate, um, Genesis 1.28, fill the earth and multiply. We thought about how God was framed as a multi-generational God in the Old Testament of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob and Joseph. And we felt God say, don't just snatch, snapshot in on your, your own generation, but put your arm around the previous generation and the next generation and receive and give and move forward together arm in arm, a multi-generational people of a multi-generational God. We thought about 1 John 2, how John wrote to little children and young men, fathers, Acts 2.17, great prophetic promise at the launch of the early church of how the Holy Spirit was for the older generation and the younger generation. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. And my, one of my favourite passages, uh, Titus 2, older men, older women, younger men, younger women, I think of them as four limbs of a healthy body, maybe older men, one leg, older women, another leg, younger men, younger women, all limbs active and vibrant to be an effective body of Christ in our age. It was a, t a passionate time of prayer. So we felt for these three days that we would uh, house everything we're talking about within this construct of generation to generation. I've got just a small short vignette from Psalm 127 to hopefully help calibrate us as we go into these three days which I've no doubt will be quite remarkable. So Psalm 127 3, uh, behold children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward, like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. All right, so clearly the psalmist had the immediate family in mind, yet there's very helpful application for the broader spiritual family of the church. We do well to think of the older generation as warrior bowmen and the younger generation as arrows. Where's the cutoff between the generations? Well, there kind of is one and there isn't one. If you're an 18-year-old, you're clearly part of the younger generation. But to a 13-year-old, you are part of the older generation. He would look at you as a man. He'd look at you as a woman. 
you're in your 60s, clearly you're part of the older generation, but you're never too old to have your feathers adjusted and, and your point sharpened to ensure altitude and accuracy in the later years of life. But let's think about these two images. First up, arrows. Before an arrow can be shot, it needs to be made. So the warrior bowman, the first thing he'd do is take a branch and he'd cut it down from the tree. Ouch! Yeah, being shaped can be sore. The next thing he would do is shave off the bark and the leaves. Ouch! Yes, preparation is often painful. And then he would sharpen the point. He would add arrows at the back and polish it smooth. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Yeah, discipleship can often be a little sore. Younger generation, I would encourage you, I would encourage us to not squirm out, not to run away, but to absorb um, seasons of preparation. Preparation invariably is more painful and requires more patience than we had imagined. That's because God is planning that you fly higher, further and faster, and that you hit your target with greater accuracy and you penetrate deeper than you ever thought possible. His plans for you are lofty, which is why his preparation of you will be thorough. What about the older generation? Are we, uh, are they, are we just the wrinkly ones, the soft ones now past their sell-by date, just marking time? No, no, no. I don't know what your Bible, what Bible you're reading. The one I read speaks of the older generation as warrior bowmen. And notice it speaks of us as warriors, not hobbyists. We're not Saturday afternoon archery hobbyists. No, we're warriors. For warriors, arrows are the most important thing. Preparing and propelling arrows, it's the most important thing in a warrior bowman's world. It's actually a matter of life and death. It's so central to who a warrior bowman is. And we as a bowman generation, we're warriors. We're not hobbyists in this regard. And also, we, we have a biblical view of age, don't we, as a bowman generation? We remember that Jesus did his prime ministry between the age of 30 and 33. We know that the age span of the disciples was from mid-teens into the 20s. Quite remarkably, the leadership team of the early church in Jerusalem in the early chapters, those heady chapters early on in the book of Acts, the average age of that leadership team was early to mid-20s. And as a Bowman generation, we log that. And that shapes how we shape the next generation. It shapes when we shape the next generation. We get them involved early. We don't leave them out. We get them in. So we're warriors, we're not hobbyists. We've got a biblical view of age. And also as a Bowman generation, we're slightly paranoid, if you know what I mean. I mean, when we, we read Judges chapter 2, verse 10, we get all twitchy. Let me read it to you. <clears throat> it's a haunting scripture. And all that generation also were gathered to their fathers. That's the Joshua generation. 
the who? Dun, 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 the Joshua generation. Once that generation had been gathered to their fathers, a generation of great exploits, there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. Now, as a warrior bowman generation, we're paranoid that that won't be us. Do you remember in, in the film The Firm, Tom Cruise movie The Firm, do you remember Devasha? He was head of the firm security. And in a memorable part, he said, I get paid to be suspicious when there's nothing to be suspicious about. Our Bowman generation's like that. We're, we're suspicious that the next generation won't take on their mantle in the Lord. We're suspicious about our ability to help declare the might of God in a way that gives them traction in the things of the Lord. So we innovate and we delegate, and we pray, and we assess, and we're thoughtful. We, we are paranoid about God using us to help raise up the next generation. And finally, as a Bowman generation, we're a bit deformed. I'm going to let Gary Chin explain what I mean. Okay, now, I'm going to show you... Uh, my body because I have nothing to hide so archaeologists find when they dig up archers bones that they're sometimes kind of twisted where the extra tendons were holding on because of the force now I've been shooting a bow for well some years now now look what happens when I stand natural I hope the lights okay in here but if I just stand up straight can you see that my left shoulder is actually higher than my right shoulder? That's from pushing, pushing. Also, if I turn this shoulder, I don't know if you can see it on the camera, but there's a lot more lines on it. This shoulder is more muscular it is bigger okay so a archer's body uh, does change over time uh, it gets stronger in the shoulder also if I can show you uh, on my right side if you can see that uh, on my right side if I bring my shoulders together I think you can see that over on this side there are more uh, cuts there you can see more lines in the back uh, I guess you can see that or uh, and that's from uh, and that's that's from drawing and when you draw you know those muscles are engaged and so those muscles become bigger so the uh, Traditional archers had a bigger shoulder and a stronger back. Okay, so that's uh, just something that I wanted to point out to you. So, when archaeologists dig up the bones of the people in this room, may they find that each one of us has one shoulder mysteriously bigger than the other and one side of our backs mysteriously more ripped than the other side. 
when all of us here, the first generation of advances, have gone the way of all flesh, and people are looking on at the next generation of advances, who are then will be the current generation of advances, may they conclude by watching them that the previous generation, that would be us, that we truly were a generation of bowmen. My friend, uh, brother-in-arms, uh, Jim Wilson, he's actually with you in the room today. He's part of Monument Church, our leadership team. Uh, just before we launched Monument Church, he told our leadership team that he'd been reading up online and he said, isn't it amazing? Um, longbowmen and archers, they got deformed, even like hunchback, uh, often the sort of medieval archers. And he was just telling us about that. And we felt God speak to us saying that we're to be a deformed church from the get-go. We're not to be beautifully balanced. We're to, we're to be a bit deformed. And so right from the get-go, we've put a disproportional amount of energy and effort and finance into our kids' ministry and our teenage high school ministry. Our leadership team that was already pretty large, we felt God say we, we need to double our size to make sure that we've got at least 50% of us in the 20s age range. And we did that and it's too big a leadership team, we're deformed, we're a bit off balance, it's a beautiful deformity. We're suspicious about growing a monument church that, that church that doesn't have the next generation integral to it from, right from the get-go. I believe God, over these three days, is going to help reform us by deforming us. I pray that we'll put on muscle, put on some some strength that the Lord will freshly stir us and upskill us, give us some imagination, give us ideas, enable us to better do Psalm 71 verse 17, proclaim the might of God to the next generation. Father, I do pray for that with my friends and on the other side of the world, but with us, with them particularly, and those advances who weren't able to be in Cape Town for this week, would you please deposit into us a healthy, glorious deformity? We do say, Lord, do not forsake us. Even over these days, do not forsake us until you've freshly equipped us, taught us better how we can declare your might to the next generation. We pray these things in your wonderful name, Father. We love you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen.